Hello, Jerry. How are you today, man? I'm doing good. Just another day out here in the Columbia Basin. We've had some smoke in the area due to some wildfires, but we're managing. How long has the wildfire been? Out here in the basin, about the whole month of August and September is basically considered wildfire season. It's been about a month and a half since. Do you guys do anything to prevent that? Any new technology that they use to prevent the wildfires? Mostly just your traditional fire rescue government teams. They usually send helicopters out and and airplanes to fight those fires pretty fast. Great. Me and you went to undergraduate together, Washington State University, and we both major in economics. Now I'm Mm -hmm. curious, what inspired you to pursue a career in economics? For me, it just fell in my lap. I have a family They've been entrepreneurs, uh, their own business owners, since I can remember. So that kind of entrepreneur mentality came ingrained with me. So the economics, I took my first econ class at the community college in Wenatchee, and it just clicked with me. It made sense. I had a natural incline to the microeconomics, and I found that it was something that I liked. I really liked more the microeconomic side of economics as a whole. There's still some macroeconomic principles and theories that I find really interesting, like some of the government policies to help grow our economy and how that affects the microeconomics of things. You talk about the entrepreneurship spirit that your family possess. Can you share with us some of the distinct traits that entrepreneurs have? Yeah, the biggest trade is you definitely got to be a risk taker. That's one of the things about being an entrepreneur. You definitely got to believe in yourself. Whatever you're trying to accomplish doesn't seem feasible to other people around you. So it's definitely a big risk involved with that. So for me, that that's the thing that stands out to me the most is you got to be a risk taker and just willing to, to roll the dice and see where it lands. So especially in agriculture, it's a big risk. It's a big gamble. Nothing is guaranteed every year. When you talk about risk and you are heavily involved in the agriculture industry, what are the risk examples that you can provide that can influence agriculture industries? Risk in the agriculture, the biggest one is weather. Weather is by far the biggest factor in this whole equation. We always try and do our best. You know, we do things every year the same. You know, we we've give the fruit the right nutrients with the expectation that we're going to have a great product to send to the market to customers around the world. And it just takes that one cold spring where your bloom doesn't set great up until harvest and you hit a cold snap with some of the later varieties in your product, your apple on some of those later varieties gets frozen out and everything is gone. There's some things to try and mitigate the losses that are incurred by some of these events like insurance. But I mean, it's who wants to farm just to try and get an insurance deal at the end of the season? It's like you barely even break even. But I would say it's weather is for sure one of the, the biggest, riskiest things that we have to deal with year to year basis, for sure. You talk about insurance. So how do people use insurance to hedge against the risk? There's different ways that a grower can use insurance. Basically, you pay into this premium each year and there's different plans. I think the most common one is used in the tree fruit is like the five-year rolling average where you can take either two or three years. Like if you take a hit, either two or three years 
you can use your insurance, any insurance. You got to know when you can take your insurance. You know, if it's just a teeny tiny bit of loss, then you're better off just biting the bullet on that and saving that last card like at 100% loss. You can't take anything to fresh. You're better off saving your cards for situations like that. It's better to save it for a really, really, really rainy day. I can see when the weather got more extreme, the insurance premium is going to be higher. Yeah. What do you think are the most important factors that drive the agriculture industry? I would say right now, things that are driving it forward is the implementation of technology and being more efficient. In tree fruit specifically, I would say that's technology for sure. There's a lot of new automation that's being developed to cut down on the cost of labor. There's so much new equipment being used to increase yield technology to help you increase automation and harvesting. All of this 10, 15 years ago was just imaginary. I remember being in workshops saying, oh, the day that we get an automatic harvester for apples, it's just going to change the industry because we're going to be able to pick 24-7. We're not going to have to rely on so much human labor. All that stuff has been helping drive the tree fruit industry forward, cutting down costs and being innovative. There's a lot of great scientific research going into developing new varieties that consumers are wanting to taste. Cosmic Crisp has been a really great apple for the industry as far as catching fire by younger people. A lot of, a lot of the boomers, quote unquote, are used to seeing apples, Red Delicious, Golden Delicious, Granny Smith. I would include Honey Crisp in there because that's kind of like a main staple, I guess, now for the apple industry. Cosmic Crisp, Sweet Tango, Rave. Those are all new varieties that have been developed in the last recent years and been out on the market that are gaining traction. So there's a lot of great scientific minds coming together and just really trying to be innovative. And also, if I can add one more thing, is trying to be more data-driven. I just see so much data, especially in my position and in the company that I work for, just trying to get data in almost every department. And I think that has helped us to be innovators in the industry. Can you share with us the picture of implementing new technology into the system? From the orchard level, I could say that the cost, the investment is, is pretty high up front. I, I don't have any specific numbers, but I know that our ROIs are really, really high. Definitely exceed the investment. To implement the technology, it's literally bringing the equipment in and getting a tech or a professional to teach a few folks how to run the equipment and you could have it up and running that that same that same year so if you're talking harvest starts normally around august and runs up through the first 10 15 days of november and you could see that implemented within a week or so of it coming onto the farm at the warehouse level because we have new equipment new machines that are grading whatever fruit we're running across our line that can get a little bit trickier but we have techs that come in and sell equipment train our people to be able to implement that same season and yeah there's road bumps along the way we're getting used to it but you can see the the return on investments is really high what do you think that set your company apart from other companies yeah so i kind of touched up on this on the uh 
the prior question a little bit, but I, I really do think that Stamilla is a big time innovator and, and risk takers. Recently, our company took the initiative to plant high elevation, 3,000 feet above sea level. And that's just giving us an edge up on any one of our other competitors. We're the last ones to pack cherries. And this year we had a record. We finished picking last day of August. That just allows us to keep our foot much longer in the door and we can provide cherries longer than any one of our competitors. On the innovation side, we're the only ones that have a distribution center right next to our corporate headquarters so we can ship out trucks as quickly as possible. And, and we have the purpose of that was to order, to be able to have orders set up and trucks dispatched in an X amount of time. The inside, you go inside of that distribution center, it looks like you're inside of an Amazon warehouse. It's just amazing. The type of robots and technology that are in there are really innovative. I also really think that Simone does really good at treating their employees really well. Uh, they have all sorts of programs. If you want to take classes or better your education, there's opportunities like that with the local community college. We have free clinic on site for all of our employees, free pharmacy, some of the best healthcare providers that our insurance has to offer. And it's just the phenomenal company to work for. I've been with the company for quite some time and I can see that they've allowed me to grow as a person and professionally as well. So I've enjoyed my time there. I think it's a great company for anybody to start a career there, whether it's in agriculture, finance, accounting, sales, IT, there's really a place for anyone at that company. I mean, it's just that big and, you know, there's just so many parts there. It's a great company. You've been with the company for a while and you've probably mm -hmm. taken a lot of leadership positions and managing mm -hmm. the workloads every day. I'm curious, what do you think are the most important skills you need for success in management? You have to have great leadership skills. And with leadership skills, soft skills are very important. How you talk to people. Is your communication clear? Because if you can't communicate with the person on your team, how are you going to be able to get results at the end? If, if you can't communicate with them, what you guys are trying to achieve together, the overall goal. That's the biggest one. Clear communication with your teammates. What are the challenges you see in management that prevents that leadership to be effective? Oh, this is a great question. I think sometimes when too many people have their hands on one project, there's a lot of like middle people and conversations go between and then I feel like it just becomes cluttered versus if, hey, you're going to handle this part of the project and we're going to trust your decision because we hired you. We know that you're capable of doing this and we have to trust you as a leader, as part of the management. Yeah, you mentioned one thing, the trust, and I feel it's really true, is that when you are working as a unit, each individual must trust each other to carry out the work and produce the result. Yeah. And, you know, to add to that, Ricky, is we can't be afraid of failure. No one is perfect. No person is perfect. And we know we're going to have bumps and bruises along the way. But that's how we become stronger is we can't be afraid to, to trust people. And if they feel it's okay, we can make corrections and keep moving forward. That's how we become stronger and we become innovative and become leaders. We got to believe in each other and the people around us and help those guys up too, because we're only as strong as our weakest link. So if people make mistakes, we have to help them bring them up so we can become stronger.
What do you think is the most important thing that the businesses like yours can do to improve the economy? To improve the economy, that's a really tough one, honestly. Um, I would say just continue to be innovative. Uh, right now, more than ever, we're really being challenged on how we can be innovative with our transportation and logistics, and just creating new markets. Our industry is struggling really hard to get back into some of those export markets that had higher profit margins. Now, so now we're seeing. A lot of battle for the same dollar domestically here. Companies just gotta try and find innovative ways to market their products, and with innovation, I think comes growth. You talk about innovation, and you say create new market. It seems very interesting when a company can create a new market, not just dive into one, but creating new market for customers. That can、mm-hmm. create a lot of values, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll name one example that I was reading about the other day in the tree fruit industry, specifically apples. Is there's a new variety on the East Coast called Snapdragon. They just partnered up with the Buffalo Bills professional NFL team. I haven't had the opportunity to taste Snapdragon. I know it's kind of more of a East Coast apple, so we don't see it a lot here on the West Coast. I think that's great for the industry and just gives us. The idea that hey, if they can do it with the Buffalo Bills, why can't we do it with the Seattle Sounders with one of our varieties? I'm looking forward to taste some of the new product coming out. It's a great apple. Yeah, Cosmic Crisp. I'll make sure to get you some. Awesome. All right, thank you, Jerry. Thank you for coming in for today, and we very appreciate you. Thank you for sharing all your knowledge and expertise. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it anytime.